What is financial independence? And can you really accomplish it? We're going to take a look at financial independence today and try and figure out what it takes to live the good life. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I'm Harlan Landis, and I'm here with Miranda Marquette. And we're talking today about financial independence. Let's start at the very beginning. What does it mean to be financially independent? And Miranda, why don't you feel this first, and then I'll kind of take my take on this too. So it's hard. In our little corner of the internet, it's something that's talked about a lot, like financial independence. So trying to figure out what it means can be kind of difficult. And a lot of people look at it, first of all, at the most basic is being able to meet your needs without having to work, being able to quit your job, having enough assets so that you can generate high enough returns so that have that interest so you don't need to earn an active income. So that's one definition of it. And then another one is creating a situation where you can enjoy life on your terms, even if you do have to do a little bit of work. A lot of the time, even though it's not really like technically financial freedom, I feel like I have a degree of financial freedom because I can choose kind of my work situation and have a kind of the life I want to live with my finances in an order where I don't have to think about it as much. And I do feel like I have a lot of freedom in my lifestyle, even though I still have to work for an income. Yeah, it's really interesting because there's this lifestyle approach to financial independence, and then there's the financial approach to financial independence. And I guess maybe it's just my preference, but I look at this from more of the financial perspective. I've had these arguments over the years with other financial writers because, and not so much arguments, but just disagreements. And, you know, let's try to figure out exactly what we're talking about here. Because when, okay, when you write for people to consume what you are writing, when you expect to have readers, it's important for them to truly understand exactly what it is you're talking about. And I feel like there's a lot out there that's not very clear about financial independence. Financial independence should be very specific. It, sh- it, it should mean that absolutely you do not have to have any kind of worry about financial concerns. It's independence from finances, independence from financial stress and thoughts and your ability to make the decisions you're going to make without having to worry about the idea of where the money's going to come from or what the money consequences are going to be. Now, of course, these are things that we always have to worry about. And financially independent could mean something for one person that it doesn't mean for somebody else. The state of being that one person is in could be financially independent for one person, and that same state of being could be not financially independent for another. Let's say I'm the kind of person who every year wants to take a vacation to the moon. Now, that's going to be a very expensive proposition. If that is something that is important to me, my level of financial independence is going to require a lot more money than the financial independence of somebody who says, hey, well, listen, 
I don't need to take a vacation to the moon every year, maybe just once in a while. It's taking that lifestyle and, and figuring out what the financial needs are going to be so that you don't have to worry about it. And for me, this means not working. If you are working to earn money, then you're not financially independent. If your spouse is working to earn money for your household and you need that money to live off of whatever lifestyle it is that you want to live, are you going to say that you're financially independent, but your spouse whose income you rely upon is not financially independent? It's up to you how you look at your finances when you're in a couple situation, whether you're on a team or whether you're keeping things separate. But for me, it's pretty disingenuous if I already hear someone saying, yes, I'm living the financially independent life. Uh, it's a good thing my spouse is still working because I need the money coming in. Well, that's not financially independent, is it? Now you're just saying something that's just not true. <laughs> Talk about an alternative fact. I, I, I have some pretty <laughs> strong opinions about what financial independence really is and what it's not. And there are people out there who disagree with me, and that's okay. I'm just going to say that I'm right and they are wrong. All right. So I'm totally wrong. No, I think <laughs> I do like what you talk about, though, when you're talking about the difference between financial independence and lifestyle independence. And I think that's actually something I can get behind. Because in a lot of ways, people have looked at me and said, hey, you have this really cool independent lifestyle. But I do have to worry about money. I do have to make sure you know my son is fed and clothed. And there's a roof over our heads, stuff like that. And I have to do that by earning an income. I didn't have somebody write me a nice big check for my website. So I do have to kind of you worry say that about with it. a lot of bitterness. I've noticed that. <laughs> nah. I think part of it just is we do have that kind of feeling, though, sometimes when we're like, when you're hanging around people who are financially independent, I think one of the things you do have to watch out for is that there is kind of a little bit of bitterness there where you're just kind of like, you know, it would be nice. And it's just kind of the way humans are. But at the same time, I do have people who have bitterness toward me who are like, you know, it would be nice to work from home and not have to worry about things. So I think that we're all in a grass is greener situation as well. I mean, that's one good reason to always remain thankful and grateful for the situation that you have, because regardless of where we are in life, we have it a lot better than many, many other people in this world. So that's something to always keep in mind. And I know I try to do that, and I know you do too, but... For sure, for sure. Just in general, I think gratitude goes a long way to alleviating some of that bitterness that other people might feel. And then again other people's feelings or other people's feelings. And it's not your fault that they feel that way. Oh, yeah. And I don't feel like people who have achieved this or whatever, it's undeserved. I don't think that's undeserved at all, because you totally had an amazing site. So duh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, you do kind of get this situation where it's not so much you think that it's undeserved, but you're just kind of sitting here going, man, if only I had been in the right place at the right time. Let's move on to why is financial independence so appealing? Let's bring it back in. Why is it so appealing to reach out for that financial independence? I think the media plays a very strong part in this. I mean, this is, we love looking at people who live a lifestyle that appears to be free of any kind of concern in life, whether it's money or anything else. And 
we are drawn to that, so we feel envious and we want that lifestyle for ourselves, and that seems to drive a lot of the interest in becoming financially independent. Now, a lot of the time, it's also because we know that being financially independent, we feel that we wouldn't be worrying about things in life, stress would disappear, and we would be able to accomplish everything that we want to do. This is the keeping up with the Joneses syndrome. I mean, it's whatever whatever situation we're in, we, we always see the horizon is always still going to be off in the distance, and we're still going to be striving for something that we see on the horizon, regardless of what situation we're in right now. For a lot of people, the strive for financial independence is like looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You just never get to the end of the rainbow. That's the whole point. I do kind of like the, like from office space, when, when he's talking about what would you do with, you know, with a million, if you had a million dollars, he's like nothing. And he's like, it's not just about me and my dream of doing nothing. I think that there's that too, uh, not just the media, but also just saying, it would be nice to do nothing. And even if you're saying, well, I still want to do some things. The idea of living carefree without having to worry about what you're spending or the security of knowing that your basic needs are met, I think are also very valid reasons that people find financial independence so appealing. You know, it's funny. I think people, I, I it seems to me that people aren't so interested in doing nothing. I think People, I know this from myself, but it seems to me that other people who perhaps are in similar situations don't want to do nothing. They thrive on doing things and they want to continue doing things, but it's great to be able to do those things without having to worry so much about the financial consequences. And go back to office space. Yeah, sure. We like to think that the main character had it all figured out, but you look at the neighbor and he's the guy who had it all figured out from the beginning. And what did he say when he was asked what he would do with a million dollars? The answer was very different than the main character, wasn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> it was super great. It's, it's a fun movie. It's, it's, it really it's, is. Yeah, it's a cool look inside how people feel working for a corporate job, being trapped, and then thinking that they have a way out. And it's just a fun look at that. So I, I highly recommend that movie to, to everybody to watch one, one day. Well, t- t- take some time and watch it sometime if you haven't seen it. Yeah, for sure. If you know what's appealing to you about financial independence, like what does it actually take to reach financial independence. How are you going to get there? I think that's where people get tripped up. I mean, you talked about people talking about this and never actually reaching financial independence. What trips people up? I mean, how do you actually get there? Like I said before, it's like the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and that rainbow keeps stretching forever. And as you get closer, it just keeps getting further. And eventually, the rainbow disappears before you have a chance to follow it the whole way. I mean, this is... For a lot of people, financial independence is like a dream, uh, but mostly because they don't, they don't, they haven't figured out exactly what the plan is to get there, and whether there is a plan that's going to work for them, given everything else and all the responsibilities that they have in their life going on. And we love when people say, "I'm financially independent, and you can too," but. It's not always as easy as it is made out to be in best-selling books. I'll tell you that much. There, there has to be a process here. And I know I've written about this before in adulting, but the first process is you really have to be financially 
stable before you can even think about independence. And so many of us are not even financially stable. So how do you get to that first stability step before even figuring out what your plan is going to be to get to the independent step? And there is a there is a wide gap between the two, a very wide gap. And I think, too, a lot of people, when, when they're kind of looking at that and saying, well, I'd like to do this, or I want to do that, and reading books that say, hey, you can do this, too, it's so easy. I think one of the things we forget is sometimes it takes sacrifice. Do you need to sacrifice to reach that point? I think you do. Yeah, I absolutely agree that whenever you have any kind of goal that is outside of the norm or is a stretch, there has to be some kind of sacrifice. For a lot of people, it's going to be the time that they spend doing something that's going to get them to financial independence, the effort beyond the average effort, which is going to, if you want extraordinary results, you have to put in some kind of extraordinary effort. And a lot of the time, that means making sacrifices. I sacrificed a lot of my personal time in order to build something from the ground up that I had no guarantee was going to be any kind of financial success. Once I saw that there were some possibilities there, it made sense for me to make some sacrifices and focus on that because eventually down the line, I started to see what some of the goals were and some of the possibilities. But if I, what, if I hadn't been willing to make those sacrifices and if I had kids at that time or if I had other obligations that required me to spend my time doing other things, then I know that financial independence would not have been a goal that I could have reached. It comes back to this idea of finding the balance and being willing to live with the consequences of perhaps focusing on one thing to the detriment of other things in your life. And those other things might be things that are important to other people. And you might have to be willing to make that sacrifice. If we go back to the idea of lifestyle independence, then you can actually get away with sacrificing a little bit less, <laughs> which is my preferred method of everything, is uh, sacrifice as little as humanly possible. I mean, there are always trade-offs, and I do have some sacrifices that I make in my life. But when you have the idea of like running a business or doing some freelancing, living as a digital nomad or something like that, you can live a lifestyle that is similar to having financial independence. It's not the same thing as Harlan says. It's not the same thing as having like lifestyle independence is not the same thing. But you can live a lifestyle that seems very similar to financial independence, but without having to scrimp and save for years, or work really hard to build something up that you can uh, eventually sell. The, the whole idea of an independent lifestyle, I mean, I wouldn't even say lifestyle independence, I would say it's an independent lifestyle because there are lots of different ways you can do it and it means lots of different things and you can make sacrifices and be more independent or make fewer sacrifices and be less independent but there are so many different factors that go into that and you can do so much if you feel that you don't have the need to stop working and stop earning a living you can just set yourself up so you're earning enough so that you feel confident and secure in what you're earning and you have the control that you want and then you're able to make those decisions while 
the consequences are something that you've considered. Now, if you're trying to live this lifestyle and you're just going into debt in order to live the lifestyle, you could call yourself lifestyle independent or living an independent lifestyle, but all that really is is ignoring the issues that are going to happen down the road with your finances. And that's the kind of danger here because we, the, the whole idea of wanting to live an independent lifestyle comes from the idea that we we see other people doing it where else would the idea come from but we know that other people are are living a certain way we have no idea what their finances really are we have no idea if they're going further into debt and ruining their future we have no idea what other kind of financial obligations that they don't have that we do and that's the whole danger of this whole idea of lifestyle independence because it if for some reason we think it's positive if we call it lifestyle independence, but we look down on people who say keeping up with the Joneses, but it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, I think that's something to remember too is, you know, what are you doing with your lifestyle? How are you managing this? And, and how are you keeping from turning things into a bigger problem where you're not truly in charge of what's going on with your life. Because once you get to a certain point, uh, whether you feel like you're living this independent lifestyle or whether you feel like you're financially independent, the bottom line is that if you've always got obligations and you're always falling behind in your bills, or you're racking up the debt, then you're not truly free no matter what it looks like. So let's talk about more about reaching financial independence. We've talked about making some sacrifices, knowing what you want. How do you set up a plan? We need to figure out how do people set up a plan if they've decided they want to eventually reach financial independence, whether it's in 10 years or 20 years or, or for retirement. How do you set up a plan to get to that goal? Well, before you even do anything else, including thinking that you'll be able to reach this point, is getting your finances into that place of financial stability. That, that's the first step. And that means absolutely eliminating any kind of consumer debt that you might have and any, any kind of financial obligations that are totally unnecessary or overly expensive, like interest rates. Get out of debt. Don't even make a plan until you can first make a plan for getting out of debt, then get out of debt, and then start thinking about financial independence. Because if you are not financially stable, don't even bother thinking about the idea of living a financially independent life, because you have to get to that stability point first. So make a plan for that first. And that involves getting out of debt, finding a way to earn more money if you need to in order to create that cash flow so you can get out of debt. And there are lots of ways to earn more money. There are lots of ways to cut your expenses. Don't even start making a plan for what lifestyle you want to live until you're out of debt. And once you get out of debt, once you've made that plan to get out of debt, don't forget about your asset protection. You need to make sure you have adequate insurance so that if something does happen, you're not totally on the hook for it. And you need to start building savings. I mean, once you've paid down that debt and you're out of debt, you need to have savings tax-advantaged retirement accounts, emergency funds, taxable investment accounts that help you reach your goals, all of that stuff. You need to start putting money aside and you have to know your needs, right? So how much would it take? You have to know where you're going. How much would it take for you to be financially independent? If you need a million dollars to be financially independent, you need to break that down, use an online calculator and figure out, okay, how much do I need to set aside each month so I can reach this goal? It's interesting that you pointed out insurance, and I think we have to talk a little bit more about how you 
protect those assets before we can actually move on. Because there's not a lot you can do other than, you know, because your assets are your assets and you invest them for the future. But we do not suggest doing something like a uh, an annuity where you're supposedly guaranteed a certain interest rate, and then regardless of how the market does, uh, that's that's an insurance product, and I think I think we should steer people away from that at least for. So this is a point where people are just getting out of debt. I mean, they need they need to worry about their assets like their job and their income coming in because that's that's an asset that needs protection. So uh, what what do you suggest beyond that? Health insurance, right? <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, you need health insurance to kind of help protect you against those devastating illnesses. When I broke my wrist, you look at that bill. I mean, that was a $40,000 bill. If I didn't have health insurance, that would have set me back huge, right? In my quest for financial independence. Okay. So we're, we're just talking about typical health insurance, potentially right. life insurance. Okay. Right. And once you start and once you start getting even more, you know, it, it might make some sense to look into umbrella insurance, like for people who are going to sue you if you make a ton of money, you know, so you have that kind of issue as well. Or if you're running a business, do you have the business insurance that you need? Just looking in terms of so what are some of these risks? And, you know, what are the major risks facing me and facing my ability to work toward financial independence? What are these risks that could devastate me? And then how do I counteract them? I really like that. I think that's the key is understanding the risks. And because we are suggesting for those of you who are searching financial, searching for financial independence, a lot of that is going to involve extraordinary types of efforts And a lot of the time, that includes extraordinary types of risks. So what are those risks? What risks are you taking? If you leave your job to pursue a dream that you know is going to be fantastic once people get their eyes on it, what are the risks? How are you protecting yourself from failure? And that is something that you do have to think about as you're creating this plan. So that that is really important. I'm, I'm glad we kind of worked out exactly what we're talking about when we say asset protection. And then the other thing is you definitely need to create a spending plan or budget. You need to make sure you're living within your means. It's great if you pay down your debt and you get a plan and you get out of debt and you start saving up. But what happens if that lifestyle inflation creeps in and you start spending more than you earn? That's going to slow you down. You will not, if you can't develop that habit of living within your means, financial independence will forever remain out of your reach. We talk about living within your means in this podcast, but it's not only that, but as you said, the lifestyle creep, even if you're living within your means, if your spending is increasing at the same rate as your income or your developing business or whatever it happens to be, then yeah, you're not getting into a worse situation, but you're also not improving. You do have to manage all of your finances together in one big picture, whether it's your just your personal, whether it's your businesses and your personal, we have to avoid that lifestyle creep and that's that's even more important to say than just living below your means because living below your means or within your means gives you gives you a lot of wiggle room for that creep to still happen as you're as you're earning more and yeah i saw this with my business as it was earning more i was very cognizant of the fact that it was important for me not to continue spending you know, a certain percentage of my income, but to actually keep my lifestyle as much as possible 
the way it was and just save and reinvest, save and reinvest. And that way, I put off leaving my day job as much as long as possible. I put off moving into a bigger apartment as long as possible. And these things really helped me solidify my financial base as I was approaching, not quite at, but approaching financial independence. Yeah. And I think that that's key there where you take a step back and say, okay, let's take this slowly. Let's evaluate where we're at and let's put off this leap for as long as we can uh, just to kind of make sure that we really are stable and make sure that this is really what we're ready to do. So what are some of the things that we can do right now to get us moving towards financial independence? So one of my favorite things to do, once again, is to create a life map. You've you've converted me to this life map thing. It's just, it's really the thing. Um, (laughs) It is the thing. It is the thing. I like this life map idea because you can use that to show what you want your money to accomplish. Uh, Lots of people also like to use a vision board. So you can do that as well if that's more your style. But think about what you want your money to do for you and then create this visual. So my life map, you can look at my life map. It talks about living with passion and purpose. It talks about some of my personal development desires, things I want to do professionally. And it's a way for me to say, okay, this is what I want my money to be able to allow me to do. When you look at money as, okay, money is the means to the end. It's the tool that helps me do what I want. Mm, helps yeah, me so build. Important. Yeah, helps me build my lifestyle. So creating that life map or creating that vision board and saying, this is what I want my money to be able to do for me kind of helps you at least take that first step and clarify, okay, this gives me my end situation, what I want to happen. And now I can work backwards from there to start making my plan. It's so important to remember that. It's such a strong point. And I know personally, I've stressed it with people I've spoken to and things I've written for years is, you know, money is just a thing and it enables you to do the things that are more important to you. There's no point in saying, I want to retire. What, you know, what are your goals? Uh, well, I just want to retire with $5 million in, you know, in my investments. That's a great target you know, if that works for you and, and what you want to do with your life. But the real question is, what do you need that money for? And what are you planning to do where you, where you need that, where, where you need money? You know, what are the important things in your life? And, and just figuring that out and, and putting that into a life map or a vision board and visualizing the life that you want to live, the lifestyle that you'd like to have. And uh, that's really the first step. I'm just stressing the importance of that. And I think another thing you can do is sit down and make a list. What are some of the things keeping you from financial independence? And as you make this list, pay attention to how your mindset is contributing to this inability to overcome the issues. So like, if debt, debt is my problem, debt is keeping me from financial independence. So now you know, okay, debt is a problem. What can I do to fix it? Now I need to make this debt plan. Or, you know, my job, I'm stuck in this dead end job, and I'll never reach financial independence, I don't make enough money. So then you have to look at that and say, okay, what can I do to overcome this? What can I do to move on? So so make a list of the things keeping you from financial independence, and then sort of go down that list, and use that as a way to make a plan to tackle each of these things. 
this is really a class thing because everybody wants to be within the class that's above their class. And and we, you and I, Miranda, we are squarely middle class, re- regardless of what our bank balances might be. Those are the, that's the kind of lifestyle that that we have. And we want to reach for that class above where we where we are financially independent, and then we don't have to worry about money regardless of whatever it is that we want to do in our time. And it's, it's, it's really a class thing because the idea of financial independence for somebody who is born in poverty is going to be a very different type of idea because they're not worrying about that so much. They're just worrying about being able to survive and live beyond paycheck to paycheck or even to have a job, to, to be able to keep a job with everything you know, all the other priorities that they have in order to survive. So it's really very interesting. This is this is such the idea of financial independence is such a middle class concept, the, the concept of somebody reaching for the next level. And not to get too deep into the philosophical side of things when we're talking about do nows, but it's important to remember that all that we really want to do is just feel that we are succeeding more than what life is giving us if we were to do nothing. And I, I think that's really the key to just be, being able to understand more about ourselves and what we need to do to get to that next point. Like you said, this is kind of a privileged situation to be in, but a lot of people still like to think about it and kind of move toward it. We have a listener question. It says, my brother brags all the time about how he's growing a huge nest egg. I don't care about a big pile of money. I save, but I also like my simple lifestyle and don't need a huge nest egg. How do I get him to stop treating this like a competition? The point in the question is interesting because you can't control other people. I mean, that's uh, just, just realize that regardless of whether you're your brother or someone you hardly even know, you cannot control someone else's opinions. You can you can talk to them. You can open communications. You can say, well, this is really what it means to me. But if someone else sees something as a competition and you say, this isn't a competition, I mean, what, what more can you really do? I mean, you can just focus on yourself and live the life that you want to live and focus on things that are important to you. If the competitiveness is coming from some kind of need for validation you can, you know, this, this must be an important relationship because this is your brother and you're asking about it. You can give that support and validation in whatever way is meaningful to the relationship. But I think, you know, you could also let him know that you, you support him and that's very great with what you're doing. Your needs are different and the two different people have two different two different approaches to life and and that's okay. You shouldn't try to convince your brother to live the life the way you want to live it, but you should also not allow him to continually harass you about living your life the way you want to live it if it's different than the way he wants to live his life. People can be two different people. Maybe it's difficult for some people to understand that sometimes, but you have to stand up for yourself and and the values that you have and be okay with believing that his feelings say more about him than they do about you. So you have to feel confident in yourself and, and what you're doing and help him understand that that's great for him. This is what you're doing. And you are still very supportive of whatever he feels that he needs as well. That's the approach that I would take. 
if you view it as a competition, then there's not much you can do about it. You know, the best you can do is just be like, hey, that's great. I'm so glad you're reaching your goals. Congratulations. And then like yeah. move on to something else. That's about all you can do. And one of the things I've learned being part of an extended family that's very focused on image, uh, like the size of your house is very important. The kind of car that you drive is very important. As far as like my aunts and uncles and cousins and all of that extended family goes, that's all very important to them. And so really, I've just kind of had to learn that the best I can do is just, you know, if they're like, hey, look at my cool new car. When was the last time you got a new car? Uh, The best I could do is just be like, hey, you know, I'm glad you're enjoying your car. Uh, I'm glad that it's working out for you. That's great. (laughs) You know, (laughs) kudos. I mean, there's not a whole lot else you can do other than just tell them that you're happy for them and then just go on living your life and feeling secure in your own self that you are living according to your own values. Somebody asks what matters to you or whatever, I'll tell them, but you know, I don't need to go around throwing it in their faces all the time that, hey, I get to travel all the time. Yay. I don't need to do that. And I think part of that is being secure in yourself and understanding your own values and just being content with your life. Then you don't feel that need to compare yourself. And when people come to you with their comparisons, you can be happy for them and say, hey, that's great. I'm glad you're living your dream. We would love to hear from readers and listeners. Where are you in your path towards financial independence? And what are you doing to get there? Or do you not care one bit about it whatsoever? And if you are financially independent, and you disagree with everything I said, and or everything Miranda said, we would love to hear that too, because there's certainly room for tons of opinions. And we love getting feedback on everything. So let us know on Facebook and in the adulting community, which is listed under hashtag adulting. It might be difficult to find, so just search for adulting. You'll find it somewhere. Look for us at adulting.tv on our website. And if you enjoyed this podcast, or if you didn't, regardless, subscribe at adulting.tv slash iTunes. We would love to hear from more listeners. Go ahead and ask us a question at adulting.tv slash ask. We answer those questions. We had a great one today. I really love that question. Let us know what your question is. We will answer it in an article or on the podcast. And until next week, this was Harlan and Miranda. Be an adult. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.